Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find the way. Hey, 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 it's the Poet Life Podcast. It's Christoph Wrights, and I am here and excited to be here with OB West, the one and only. OB, what's going on, sir? Hey, not a whole lot, man. What's going on on your end? Man, all is well. Everybody's healthy. The family's healthy. So not too much to complain about. You know what I mean? It's good to hear. Indeed. Indeed. Listen, man, um, I don't know how long ago it was. It was roughly about, I don't know, it was like a month ago. You said something profound in one of your Instagram videos. You know, I follow you, you know, um, love what you post. And um, you said something about the word audacity. Tell me, tell me what that statement or what that video was about. Um, if I can give you the backstory, I was I was asked to do a show out of state. I live in Las Vegas, in Nevada, so I was asked to do a show out of state, an on-site show. It wasn't virtual. You know, nowadays we have to specify that it was an, on, an on-site show. And when I was talking to the show promoter about what was required of me and about the time I was allotted. He said, well, you have 15 minutes. I'm thinking it, it takes me longer to get through TSA pre-check. <laughs> right. So I'm flying. You, you're bringing me. You, you, I asked you to pay for my lodging. I asked you to pay for my flight. I asked you to ensure I have a way back and forth to the venue. And on top of that, you're compensating me for 15 minutes. So two things. One, Poetry is absolute liberation for me, right? That's like giving a crackhead half a half a rock. They they're gonna feel absolutely teased. So I, I really can't get my full, um, I guess, level of fulfillment in 15 minutes. It's just it's a thing that when it's something that you do for passion, you want to be able to do it to the utmost. So I didn't. I didn't. 15 minutes wasn't enough for me. The second part is the fact that show promoters for poetry are willing to pay that much money. I think maybe with what the person compensated me, all the travel and everything, it might've been, um, it it was, it might've been upwards of seven, $800, right? For 15 minutes. So when I asked, I said, why 15 minutes? They said, well, we would love to give you more, but we don't ask more of poets because when we bring poets here for features, most poets aren't prepared to do more than two or three poems. Mm-hmm. So what I expressed, I said, well, if, if you only want 15 minutes, it'd probably be best to invest in a local artist. And you don't have to spend all the money on the logistics, right? But if you have somebody who's out of state who has the audacity to make themselves available to travel, then they should be able to do more than 15 minutes. What if you bought an R&B artist or a rap star to your, your venue and they did two songs? The audience would be upset. Yeah. Right? So if if we want to raise the art form to be able to operate, um, receive the same level of notoriety, appreciation, monetization as these other genres of art, we have to too. Yeah, we have to as well be prepared to perform at the standard they perform at. You go to a concert and that art is giving you at least an hour straight songs. How do I compete with that if I'm only prepared to do three poems? Yeah. So. What that video was about, I was saying, I have the audacity to ask you to pay for my travel. 
I have the audacity to ask you to pay for my lodging. I have the audacity to ask you to compensate me at my rate, not at your rate. And I have the audacity to ask you to give me a merch table and potentially pass around a hat. But in addition to that, I also have the audacity to work hard. I have the audacity to be prepared to do an hour long set. I have the audacity to show up on time. I have the audacity to do a tech check and make sure that my audio is straight so that your people aren't receiving a bad um, a bad showing. So I have the audacity to do everything I need to do so that I'm a good representation of your company who decided to hire me. So that's what gives me the audacity to make these demands, because I also have the audacity to put the effort into myself to make myself valuable. So when she told me that the reason why she was asking me for less is because that's what she's grown to expect. That tells me that the widespread consensus is that most poets aren't prepared to do that. And now show promoters are having to adjust to what our standard is as poets. If most poets were prepared to do an hour set and you had two or three that could only do 15, then they would just go to the next poet who's prepared to do an hour. But because every poet is only prepared to do 15 minutes, they have lowered that and made that their standard. And I'm not okay with that. So that's what that was about. And in turn, lowered the standard of the poetry industry. Absolutely. The standard is different, right? And when I was in Oklahoma, there was a guy in Oklahoma who had a show. He would bring in all types of performance artists. He would bring in like B grade. Um, and I say B grade because at his venue, he wasn't going to be able to afford to bring in A grade talent like Drake. But he would bring it in B grade R&B artists and rap artists, right? Mm-hmm. And the expectation was for them to give him an hour at minimum. That was the expectation for them. But when he bring in a feature poet, the expectation was for that poet to do at least 15 minutes. Why is the standard different? So now when we look at what, what do, what's the, the, the cliche, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You also get paid for what you do. So when we start looking at why, why is it that poets are considered starving artists, R&B artists and rappers and their household names, poets are considered starving artists. Can we, can we accredit that to, what we're able to bring to the table at all. Is any of that our fault? So we have to take ownership of part of that. And then maybe the notoriety will grow and we'll become household names after we raise ourselves to the level to be able to bring forth the same thing that these other genres are able to bring forth. Now, if you're doing poetry because just purely for liberation, it's not a living for you, I got it. But if you call this your living and, and you really want to live off of it comfortably, and you're wondering, well, rappers ain't really saying nothing. I'm saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Why? But you, you're only saying 15 minutes. They can say it for a whole hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was that's what that was about, man. And I didn't want to put it out there and say, you need to, you need to, you need to. You know what I mean? You got people. So you I use that. myself. Yeah, I use myself. I have the audacity to ask you for that and not bite my tongue when I ask you for it because I know what I do. When, whenever I'm preparing for a set, there's no music playing. Um, if I'm driving, I'm working on those poems. If I'm in a shower, I'm working on those poems. Music is a is dessert for me. It's, it's a reward for me after I've learned the poems. But I deprive myself of that until I know it. And then after I memorize the poem, then I turn on all the televisions in the house and I recite the poems with distractions. So now if I come to your venue and you have distractions, I can still 
comfortably do what I have to do for your people who are listening. So I create distractions. I do all these things to make sure that if you hire me, you're not disappointed. So because of that, yeah, you're damn right. Excuse me. Excuse my limbs. I have the audacity to ask you for what I want. So I just think we have to, uh, we really have to reconsider what, what we want the, the perception of a poet to be. Right now, the perception of a poet, as it, as it pertains to show promoters, is very low. They don't expect much from us right? because we haven't showed them much. <laughs> like you said, you said two things. We haven't showed them much. And so, and then you said before that, is it partly our fault? It's largely our fault. And fault not so much it's our responsibility um i say i, I take away fault because we just haven't seen it and i you know we haven't seen main main screen on tv in movies a poet being able to do an hour even 30 minutes you know and so our responsibility though, like you said, if you're saying that this is your art, this is your, this is the living that you're, you're trying to make for yourself, uh, then it's very important for you to put the work in like that you just stated, right? Um, it's so interesting, man. You have the poetry community which is the part that you were speaking about. You do it for liberation. You do it for the love. This is the how I'm feeling. All of that. That's the hugs and kisses of poetry. You know, I, I love it. This is what I love to do. But the poetry industry is where the deals and the transactions take place. So if you're trying to be in the poetry industry, then you have to change your mind. If if you did a search on the hashtag poetry industry, you wouldn't find it at all. And well, until recent, we started using the poetry industry. So our, 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 our slogan is uplifting the poetry community, building the poetry industry. So we're so used to the community part, the open mics and everything is OK if I mess up. You got it. You good. You got it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, where there's not much of what you just said, basically, and we need more of it for 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 us to get it. And 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 if we get that training, then we'll learn that our okay, okay, this is valuable. They will pay more than fifty dollars. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I 100% agree. I just think we have to, um, if if we put something on our Instagram page, on our website, if we have a link that says book me, at that point, we have made ourselves available to be hired within our state, outside of our state, outside of this country. And once we've made ourselves available to be hired like that, I think we have an inherent responsibility to to raise our value as artists a lot of people are still being introduced to spoken word for the first time right so 
whenever you go in any room that has more than 20 people, at least 20% of those people are looking at this thing for the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what that poet does is going to determine whether they come back or not. So every poet who has made themselves available to be booked is in a position to where now they can recruit a new ear or they can make somebody say, this is why I don't listen to poetry in the first place. Not to them, but to poetry. Poetry. Right. When, when you walk into a room and there's more than 20 people, at least 20% of those people haven't seen spoken word. You're their first introduction of spoken word. They look at poetry as, and the cosmos bloom. And you know what I mean? They look at it as that, and they're calling it boring. And they haven't been introduced to spoken word. So now you are in a position to now recruit that person to the art form, not to you. And what you do determines whether we, the art form, lose that person or not. So when I don't you say think they understand me, that. When you say book me, that's the responsibility that you've taken on. So every room I go into, I want every ear in that room to come back to us, not to me. I don't want them to say, I'm going to go look up OB West. I'm going to want them to say, I'm going to go start looking up poetry now. But in order for me to do that, it's, it, my best performances, the work took place before I showed up to the venue. If I walk downstairs in my house right now, bodybuilders have gems in their house. Mm -hmm. If I walk downstairs in my house right now, I have a room that has two bar tables. It has two bar stools by the table. It has some words on the wall that says poetry. It has a, a, a speaker with a wireless headset and it has a stool in the front. So when I'm working out like bodybuilders do, I go sit on that stool and I recite poems like those two bar stools have people sitting in them. So now in my mind, I've already did that venue a million times. When I show up to you, that's a million and one. I got it because I work out. I work out. So we have to absolutely do that level of diligence if we expect poetry to not. Be. If you seen show promoters who. I've known poets who are critiqued for having a compensation rate. There's people who feel like we shouldn't even be paid for doing this. It's a passion. You should just right. do it. Even, right. There's people who don't even look at what we do as a business. We have to enforce that, but we just can't enforce it by saying it's a business. We got to enforce it through demonstration. So when you have show promoters across the world that are bringing poets in and only asking them to do 15 minutes, not because that's the only amount of time we have, but that's mm -hmm. all I expect you to be able to do. And it's been proven. Yeah. Every show I go to, how long you want? I do, maybe you can do three or four poems. That'd be great. That's 20 minutes. It took me longer to pack my bags. <laughs> I, I looked up, I was watching Talam AC on uh, mm -hmm. YouTube. I think he was out of college. And I think the, the YouTube video was an hour and four minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. He did poems for an hour and four minutes without talking between the poems. And these poems are only like two and a half minutes long. Yeah. I listened to Talam's CDs, so I know his poems. So I was able to recognize when one poem stops and the other one starts. But if you didn't know his poems, you wouldn't even know. It's like he was just talking for an hour and four minutes. 
You didn't even know the, this is what he did. But this is why he's considered one of the greats of our generation. And he didn't talk and he didn't introduce the poem. He didn't talk about why he wrote the poem. He just went from political to love to black history to some. It just for an hour and four minutes with no talking in between. That's the standard, man. That's the standard. Have you thought about teaching? Um, no, I, bro, we need to talk, man. We have poet, we have poet life university, where where this is what we do. What you're saying is is what we teach, because it has to be taught. Right. We we have the responsibility, but we don't know, because. This is a industry that it's that that it's in its infancy. Right. The poetry community is old. It that's the community. Yes, the community. But the industry is the industry is brand spanking new. Right. And 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 I would venture to say, like, this is year two. Year three, really, like because the reason I say that because you know you have your Rudy Francisco's and your Prentice Powell's and on TV and so on and so forth, but until it's a number of people doing it, not just one, two, three, it is that that's 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 a that's pregnancy right there. That that's that's not even birthed yet. Right, right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. Yeah, no. So with Brandon Lee winning heavy, that's heavy right there. Winning, well, first of all, just getting on the show, but then getting the golden buzzer and then winning the whole entire show based off spoken word. You know, so that's that's introduction to spoken word on a major scale, right? And so that's why I say, you know that's that in in a couple years before a year before is is Prentice Powell with um um uh verses and flow you know TV right so Arsenio Hall show Arsenio Hall right and so so still a baby the industry is an absolute baby and because all poets know is the community they they don't have business cards they don't have a website they don't have the the uh the, the wherewithal to have an hour's worth because they're used to a feature which is 15 minutes at an open mic that's why right right so right so so and that's why we bring guests on like yourself that have the wherewithal the the know-how the knowledge um to speak the way you speak so they can see it. This is this is this is not. I'm not interviewing you, like, right? This is this is you imparting on the folks that don't know, the poets that don't know. And now with them watching it, man, I need to get on it. This is right. what this is. Shoot, I'm late. I need to get on it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. If you went on, if you went on Netflix and you pulled up a stand-up comedy special. A comedian had a special, and it was fifteen minutes long. Would you be disappointed? 
Very much so. That's the first, that, it takes 15 minutes to set up a joke. Right. If if you pulled up a concert for a singer and it was 10 minutes long, but that standard is accepted. And I also think if if I'm doing a thing a certain way and people continue to hire me for that thing, what forces me to change how I'm doing that thing? Mm. So show promoters have to now say, the guy I was talking about in Oklahoma, Mm-hmm. I gave him a name one day. I said, hey, bring this guy. Mm-hmm. He looked up the guy. He said, hey, what's the guy's website? I said, I don't think he has one. He says, I'm not hiring a guy who doesn't have a website because if he had invested in himself, I'm not going to invest in him. So if you want to be on this stage, if you want to go to Fly Poet, if you want to go to these big stages and they say, no, you don't have the credentials for me to hire you. Now it forces us to meet that bar. But as long as show promoters continue to hire us, then there's no, there's no reason for us to change. So show promoters have to also start develop a standard and say, meet my standard and I'll give you my money. But if you don't meet my standard, I'm not going to give you my money. You're not eligible. Until that happens, we're going to continue to do what we do because they're still paying us for it. You, wow. I try to put, I went to a show and my goal was to put pressure on a show promoter. They gave me a time. He said, this is the time frame. So I took a jar and I put like 20 poems on a slit piece of paper, write a poem, piece of paper, write a poem. And I had like 20 pieces of paper in this jar. So when I sat down on the stool and I started, I picked the poem out the jar. Okay, this is it. And I recited that poem. I threw the paper on the floor. And then I picked another one. I recited the poem. So now he can't tell me to stop because the audience still sees paper in that jar. And, and they're like, no, 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 he got more paper in the jar. So now he got to let me go. So I went through 20 poems. And I didn't stop until the jar was empty. But he couldn't tell me to stop because the audience, they saw paper in the jar. So we, we got to put pressure on show promoters to give us more time. And show promoters got to put pressure on us to to raise our our standard. Whoa. So you're you're teaching and training the promoters. I, I don't want to call it that, but I would. I'm definitely putting pressure on the promoters to hold us to a standard. I mean, we, we need that. We. If if our parents didn't hold us to a standard, then what would we? So we need these people. Every job holds you to a standard. There's a criteria you have to meet before they will give you a check. But see, that's the thing. The promoters are the employers. So is it their job? You said the parents. Like you're the parent. Mm. You're the parent because you've been here. You you're the OG. The promoters are the employers. The employers don't have to hire you if you're not prepared and ready. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's both ways. Yes. I think they should they should develop a standard and hold us to that standard. But I think the way we teach them to develop that standard is the people who are already operating according to that standard put pressure on them. And say, if these other poets aren't prepared to do this for you, Stop giving them your money. And this is not to take work away from other poets, but it's to put pressure on our peers to raise the standards so we can start enjoying our art the way these other genres of art do. Think about it, man. Luke made a song. It's your birthday. Go, go, go. That's the whole word. That's the whole song. There's no more lyrics to the song. Think about this. If you play a rap song from beginning to end, it's about three and a half minutes. 
The first 30 seconds is just music. And then they rap. Then there's a hook. And then they rap. Then there's a hook. And then they rap. And then there's music. That whole thing took three and a half minutes. Poets have poems for three and a half minutes where they're giving content the entire time. So while your music is just playing, while your hook is rolling, we're still giving content. But why is our notoriety here and there's a hurt? Well, let me ask you with, with that with that question that you just asked, that you just posed, the the average poet that has the three and a half minute content is that three and a half minutes totally engaging? That's that's another responsibility to be able to present it. I, I, let me answer your question before I start talking. I think the content in most cases is worth hearing more so than some of the rap music we have today. I think the content is more thought thought provoking than some of the rap music we have today. The, the challenge is we have to learn how to present it in a way mm -hmm. to make people want to hear it. So I can have something engaging all day long, but if the way I deliver it isn't captivating, then I don't hold the audience attention. So my point of that last scenario is we as poets, we work extremely hard we, to, to write one poem. We work just as, if not harder, than these other genres of art. The amount of content that's in one poem is about three songs. We don't have a hook. We mm -hmm. don't have a bridge. We don't have music playing before we start. There's content for three and a half straight minutes. Where other artists, their three and a half minutes is composed of music, hooks, beats. So with the amount of work that we're putting in to write these poems, we should want our just do. But we're not getting it. The only way we're going to get it is that we have to write, raise our standard of performance. Raise that's, our standard of presentation. That's what it is. It's the presentation. Right. And it just yeah. can't be what we do on the stage. We have to be on time. Um, we even have to invest in ourselves. I, mm -hmm. I feel like poetry is one of the last purest freedoms we have. Right. So I never want anything to dilute that freedom to any extent. I don't even like mic stands because if I'm standing in front of a mic stand and I turn my head this way, I lose sound. So now I'm a slave to this spot on the stage because that's where the mic stand at. So I went and spent a thousand dollars for a thing that goes around my ear, the wireless. So every time somebody hires me, I show up an hour early. I link up with their audio people. I hook that to their audio system. So now the entire time I'm there, I can go wherever I want to go in that room because I've invested in myself. That's next level. You know what I mean? Because I've invested in myself. So if I go to a room that has an auditorium that has 200 people, I'm not stuck in front of a mic stand. So we also have to invest in ourselves. I remember, I, I mean, I hate to, I mean, uh, the platform is to talk, but I'm not normally this windy, but this is something that I'm passionate about. No, go, 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 go. This is what this is for. When I got it, I'm an advocate for sexual assault and harassment prevention. And I go to federal government organizations and I go to colleges and I talk about sexual assault and harassment prevention, but I talk about it through poetry. So this is an educational platform. If you go to a comedy club, you might pay $10 to get in. If you go to a seminar who's giving you information about business, you might have to pay $200 to get in. So people are paying more for education than they are for entertainment. So if we can figure out a way to take our poetry and use it for education versus entertainment, the dollar amount goes up. Mm -hmm. But 
whenever you're hired for education, they want you for an hour or more. So when I went to these places, the reason they're hiring me is because I'm talking about sexual assault and harassment prevention, but this presentation is 90 minutes of poetry. It's a poem, and then we're gonna discuss that topic. Then a poem about male victimization. Then we're gonna discuss how important male victimization is. A poem about how controlled substances affect your decision-making. Then we're gonna have, but it's all through poetry. But if I'm not able to do more than two or three poems at a time, I can't get those opportunities. So there's, there's spaces in society that need poetry because the way that professors are teaching, put a slide show up, is not drawing people's attention. Those spaces in society don't know they need us because they don't know we exist. When we show up and say, this is what I can present, and then everybody's flabbergasted, they're, oh, we can use you, mm-hmm. but can you go 90 minutes? So there's spaces that need us, but we have to make ourselves available, presentable, and attractive to those spaces. And that all starts with work ethic. So <clears throat> YouTube, right? You can go to YouTube and search how to become a rapper or how to be a great rapper or whatever, or a singer, or whatever. Um, but not only that, you can follow people and, and, and see what they do on a daily basis. How can we teach? Because this, this is, this is the educational platform, right? What other ways? Because the thing is, we can't wait for somebody else to do it. Right. You can't wait for somebody else to teach poets. Like if it's not there, that and and that's my philosophy in life. If I can't find, I've been searching for it for thirty years. You know, everywhere, just Google everything. You know, and and I said I can't find it, so I'm gonna create it. And that's right. that's, that's what poet life is, and that's what the podcast is. Um, because I easily could have just done a regular podcast where we're just joking and laughing. And, but, but I really want the poet to be able to, to, to learn what you're saying. Right. So how can we teach poets this? Um, I think, I think there's a couple ways to get the information out. I don't even know if it's more, and this might be the same thing. I don't even know if it's more about teaching than it is about awareness. Right. I think perspective is everything. Like you can have a bunch of knowledge, but if you only have one perspective on how to use that knowledge, you're not as effective who had, of a person who has 10, 10, 15 different perspectives on how to. So poets have the knowledge. They know how to write a poem. They know how to memorize a poem. They know how to stand in front of a crowd, but they might not have the perspective that says you're being hired for entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's only going to pay so much. Mm-hmm. And when people, when a recession hits, What's the first thing people stop paying for? Entertainment. Mm -hmm. So there's other spaces where you can operate that's an essential. Corporate America has a mandatory requirement to teach their employees about sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And they take so that when somebody says something, it's not a lawsuit on a company because I can say I taught them. A lot of poems that are written, a lot of poets are writing about sexual trauma. So how do you take that out of the entertainment capacity and go take it to corporate America and teach people what trauma looks like? That's perspective. 
So I think we just have to create platforms that provide this perspective so mm -hmm. poets can see there's a lot of spaces in society that need you, but you got to go let them know you exist. Without that perspective, we think the only place for us to thrive is in night events. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go to a night event and and you and they say, what, what's your compensation rate? And you say, $300 plus logistics. I want $300 plus a flight, plus lodging. They're going to say, ooh, we're going to call you back. And you're not going to hear from them again. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first started doing advocacy, they said, please send us an invoice. We want you to do uh, an hour. We want you to do an hour. Please send us an invoice. And I sent the invoice for $2,500. And this is through poetry. Mm -hmm. When I got to the place, the person who was paying me with the credit card, they said, why your rate so low? Why your rate so low? That's the difference between education and entertainment. That's the difference between a group of people who are there to be taught versus a group of people who are just there to listen to poetry. So we just have to figure out where we're necessary and then put ourselves in those places. I love doing the intimate nightclubs. That's where my heart is. But now, if I wanted to just do it out of love for no money, I have the leverage to do that because I make a living through education. A lot of poets, their passion has turned into a burden because they have to do it to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. And when you have to do it like that, it, it turns into a job and it takes some of the passion away. And it doesn't have to be that way because, again, there's a lot of spaces in society that need us. We just have to tap into it and let them know that we exist. Yeah. We, we, um, we have an episode entitled <laughs> Disrupting Industries with Poetry. And that's what that is. That's what that is. Um, I forgot the gentleman's name. But anyway, um, Alakir. I forgot his last name, though. Dr. Alakir Rogers. Dr. Alakir Rogers. Uh, I think this is season two, episode five. I can't remember which episode it was, but he gave an example. Um, it's a technical industry. Uh, Lean Six Sigma. Uh, mm -hmm. It is right. It is it is reducing waste, uh, reducing time to do something. And. He said, if you could go into a corporate office and teach Lean Six Sigma professionals how to stay in the mindset of reducing waste and do, reducing time through your poetry, you would you would you would you would kill it. Right. And he was saying, what forms of poetry could you use? And I said, you know, for me, I write haiku. And haiku mm -hmm. are very short. They're 17 syllables, three lines, right? Five, seven, five. And if we did a workshop to where they took their terminology of Lean Six Sigma and created haiku, that would train their minds to learn how to stay within the parameters of a haiku. Right. That's a that's lean poetry. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Or a lot of haikus, especially for an ear that's not trained, might not be as easy to dissect. So yes. you can write a haiku about time management, and then you spend 20 minutes breaking down the importance of time management, and then you write a haiku about um, 
being efficient with government funding. And then you spend 20 minutes talking about the importance of now you've incorporated poetry into the teaching. This is the same thing poets do on stage. They do a poem, then they talk about that poem. And they do another poem, and then they talk about it's the exact same thing. But now it's for education. Another thing with education, if it's entertainment, I have to put out a flyer. And I have to convince people to come see me. Those employees, they have no choice but to be there. Right. So your audience is already ready-made. Already. Already. So the advertisement that you have to do on the front end is minimized because these employees have to be there to keep their job. You ain't got to share no flyers. You ain't got to do none of that. All you got to do is show up. And even if those employees don't walk in that room, that organization has to pay you what your rate was. So and there's this rate. That's a whole different ball game. A whole uh, now whole, you're now you're a you're you're a SME. You're a subject matter uh, expert. Um, expert. Yeah. So you yes, SME. You're a subject matter expert. Yeah. So when colleges hire poets for education, I mean for entertainment, I've seen what some of those rates are. They're between. 15 to 2,000 for hour, depending on the quality of the poet. But if I come in as a assistant educator for the professor, they're getting paid seven, 8,000 to come do lectures. Yes. So that's seven times as much as you getting paid for entertainment. And when funding is low, again, what do you cut out first? Entertainment. We're seeing this with COVID. With COVID, businesses that are selling commodities, businesses that are selling luxuries are going out of business because those things aren't essential. Yeah. But businesses that are selling that thing that we need to live every day are flourishing. So we have to become essential and not just become a luxury commodity. As long as we're just a luxury commodity, commodity people stop paying for us when, when times get hard. But I don't care how much money you don't got. You're going to pay your cell phone bill. That's an essential. We got to become that cell phone bill. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so. The three E's, the three pillars are three E's for the poet life. It is education. It is engagement. And then there's entertainment. The education part is what you're speaking about. Right. The engagement is the content creation, right? Partnering with companies to create content creation as far as, you know, Instagram commercials, you know, what the celebrities do in the in the social media influencers. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. But all we know is the entertainment part. That's all we know. And just to emphasize to poets how valuable they are. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about poets, how poets. valuable they are. In government organizations, they have these measures they have put in place to make sure that the government isn't or isn't hiring the same contractor over and over, right? Yeah. They don't want to show favoritism to one. So they have right. a they have a bidding requirement that if I want to find a person to talk about this topic, I have to find three people. Who talk about that topic and I have to allow them to bid and the person who wins the bid is the person who gets the contract That's mandatory so that they're not hiring the same person if they find a person who's unique 
and they have no other comparable, they can bypass the bidding process and they say he's a single source. You automatically get it. Every government contract, I've been single sourced. I didn't have to go through the bidding process. That's how viable these poets are. They don't, they're so unique in what they do. If they step into corporate America, they'll they'll constantly be hired because it hadn't been seen in that area. So it's it's it, man, these poets are so valuable, and they they're not recognizing their value because we're we're only being used in one area. But they, they bro, if 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 I had a value injection or a, a awareness injection that I can just inject this into you and then boom, you become aware of how valuable you are. I'll be walking around sticking poets. Don't worry about it. I'm going to help you with that injection. <laughs> I'm going to help you create that injection because they don't know what they don't know. Right. Who, who's saying it? Right. Yes. There's nobody saying it. So they, right. they, they're not going to know. So again, if it ain't out there, we got to create it. Right. And boards uh, are extremely valuable, man. Yes, man, man, you, you, man, you're saying a lot. So let me ask you, how did you get to this point? Where did you, where did you get it? Um, man, I'm blessed, right? If, if I gave you the backstory, I grew up in an abusive household. Mm. So when you watch one parent abuse another, and then say to that person, I love you. As a child, you're now faced with the burden of trying to decide what love really is. If you look up the word love in a dictionary, it used to say a strong emotion. That's the same as hate, right? So the dictionary doesn't have a set definition. Our definition of love is based on our experience. So if I've seen two people fight and they say, I love you, then when I grow up, I might just find me a girlfriend and crack her cranium to show her how much I care, right? So you take that experience and you fast forward some years later, I started doing poetry. And as you know, as an artist, whether we draw, paint, do poetry, sing, it's largely a depiction of our lives. Mm. So after about a year of doing poetry, I went back and looked over my catalog after the first year. And a lot of those poems were addressing abuse, psychological abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, um, self-abuse, gluttony, any form of abuse, I was addressing those things. Someone heard it and said, hey, listen, I have a program and I can't figure out how to get people to listen to what I'm talking about. Can you write a poem about this? And I already had a poem. And I wrote the poem and I recorded it on a voice tag and sent it to the person. And the person got back with me and said, hey, I'm finna send you a plane ticket to Alaska so you can come present that poem. One poem. <laughs> so they flew me to Alaska to do that poem. Somebody in Alaska videotaped it with their phone and sent it to appear in Hawaii. Then Hawaii called me two weeks later. Hey, can you come out here and present that poem? One poem. So I took that one poem and created an entire presentation. So it, I didn't know, but it was somebody who needed a voice that was stronger than a lecturer and they felt like a poet could do it. And they snatched me up and, I, and I've been going with it ever since. So these poets, man, these poets I listen to today and the level of intelligence is, is through the roof. Crazy. Even today, I have to stop, rewind, and listen to other poets so I can figure out the, the substance and what they're saying. They're extremely intelligent, and their intelligence shouldn't just live in these nightclubs. 
there's there's a world out there that needs that level of intelligence presented in a way that they're doing it. Even even the young poets, even the young poets, they're the wordplay, but the content as well is is just, and they don't even know what they just did. Absolutely. You, you have to be smart to even be willing to take on a challenge of, of being a poet. To pick that genre of art versus all the other genres of art, you have to have some level of intelligence to even pick this genre. Because all the people that you stand next to are intelligent. And if you're going to put yourself in that pack, you've got to know you are too. And their intelligence is needed in way more places than where it's being used. But it all starts with what we talked about in the beginning. You have to build yourself to the point to where you've established a certain level of value to where somebody is even willing to invest in you. And then after you've done that, you can start tapping into these other in corporate America, these other places. So you're full time. Yeah. That's all I do. <clears throat> since, since, since what year? Um, Early last year. Awesome. Awesome. What was your what was your trade or what were, what were you doing before? I was in the military. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was Army, in the military. Air Force what? I was in the, I was in the army. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Man, um I was introduced to you uh through the challenges that you put out. I mm. can't remember what challenge that was. I think it was the I'm so dope. Yeah, Tyrell, Masterpiece put that out. The I'm so dope challenge. Masterpiece. He put it out, and then I I did it. And yeah. the the one that I was a part of out of the gate was uh, Who Am I challenge. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. And that and that was pretty much that was Prentice. That was Prentice Pile. I wrote a poem for content. I said hey, I haven't posted a poem in a while. I want to remain consistent. Let me write a poem right quick. So I wrote down a little sixty second poem. I memorized it and I did it. And Prentice saw it and he was like, Hey. We need that for a challenge. He said, can I push it? I said, yeah, push it. He put it on his story and mm -hmm. then everybody started. So I wrote the poem to just present a poem. Prentice made it a challenge. And it took off from there. How long did it take you to memorize that 60 second poem? About 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I follow you. I'm mean, like, hold on, man. I, all right. How, 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 how is he doing this, man? How, um, do, you, do you train you? Do you train your brain to help you yeah. memorize it quickly? You just said it. That room I talked to you about downstairs. When I first started, I just started doing poetry till I was 31. I'm 39, so I've been doing poetry for. Uh, oh, Come on, bro. Yeah, I was 31. When I first first poem I ever wrote, I was 31. That was my first introduction to spoken word. I was 31. I walked into a club and I thought I was going to see comedy. I didn't know it was an open mic. I didn't even know what an open mic was. And they start introducing poets. And I'm like, man, what's what is this? Where's where's the comedian? And these poets, they got on the stage, and instantly when I saw them, I was I was like, oh wow, this is what I want to do. So I asked the guy, I said, hey, how can I do that? He said, come back next month and sign your name on his list and we'll call you up. So I went home and I wrote down, 
I wrote what I considered two poems within 30 days. It wasn't right then, mm -hmm. the next 30 days. But the poets I saw, there was a poetry, there was a poetry slam team. I didn't know that. So mm -hmm. all their poems were memorized. So I didn't know it was a such thing as reading off a of paper because my first examples had them memorized. I thought that was the standard. So I memorized those two poems. I went back the next month. I did them. My feet left earth and I just never came back. So that's how I started 30, when I was 31. And then um, when I first started doing it, it takes me, it took me down to two and a half weeks to memorize a three minute poem. It was crazy. But I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. So now if I spend a day, I can memorize a poem. But that's not because I'm a genius. That's because I kept doing it and kept doing, you know, like pull-ups. You ever see some people, I can do three pull-ups. But then right. a month later, they can do seven. A month later, they can do 12. It's because they kept doing pull-ups. So that's what I, I just kept doing pull-ups. Man. Okay. <laughs> ah, this is good. This is really good. Um, I, I, uh, this might be my most favorite conversation, man, because it's it's you're you're doing what needs to be taught. Like you're living what needs to be taught and what will take a lot of poets to the next level, which will then take the industry to the to the next level. Um, and in turn open the eyes of the promoters and the event planners, right? Because even this, even this year, because of people like Brandon League, they're like, oh, we can get poets now that can actually do an hour set because he's on tour now. He's, he's doing hour sets. Name mm -hmm. one, name one billboard, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's not just because he won, because he could have won and just had those few poems that he did on the show. That right. doesn't say he could do a whole hour. Yeah, he, he was valuable before that show. They just didn't know. Yeah, he was a good poet before the show. He was valuable before the show. The show is just let people know that he was valuable. That's the key. These poets are valuable now. Now. They just have to figure out a way to let the same thing with him. He didn't get valuable on that show. He was valuable already, and the show exposed his value. These poets are valuable right now. Right they just now. need to figure out a way to expose their value, and that starts with work ethic. But also <laughs> know that they're valuable. I don't Absolutely. think I don't think they know that they're valuable. That's true. I agree. That's true too. You know what I'm saying? That's true as well. Yeah. Until you know your well, that's most people though. Most yeah. people don't know their worth. Right. They that's don't know. It's an all they, walks of life. They don't, they don't know when they go into an interview that that they're supposed to be interviewing the employer. Right. If they knew their worth, they would be interviewing the employer, not just being interviewed. Right. When I go in, because I know my worth, when I go into an interview for a job, I have more questions for them than they have for me. And so right. now it's just a straight up di dialogue. So right. I took the interview part out of it. So you could decide if they deserve you. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's but that's that's people. It's not just I just thought about it. That's that's just people. Yeah, that's true. average person doesn't know their their worth, their value. That's true. You know, that's and for it to be your your love, your art, man, you figure out. Oh, I can go. I can go here with it. I can go to the government and get government contracts. Colleges <sighs> for education, not just. Yeah, to, not just thank the college you. circuit. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. never been. To, I've never been part of the college circuit, but I've been to plenty of colleges. But every college that asked me to come there, they wanted me to come for educational purposes. So there's space. There's absolutely space, and these these poets are super intelligent. Um, they just have to know that the only place that they can exist in more places than than the, the nightlife. <clears throat> I'll be do sleeping. You, do you recognize that you that you teach through your Instagram? I never looked at it that way. Um, I always try to. I'm a person of perspective, right? I'm not a person who has a an extensive educational background. Yeah, I graduated from high school. I got an associate's degree in general studies. What that mean? That mean I know I do pluses and takeaways. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. But um, but I'm heavy on perspective on take so. I just always try to share a perspective that might not be common with the hopes that it will help somebody, but I've never looked at it as I was teaching anyone. See, I think that's more valuable than intellect. I think perspective is more valuable than intellect. I agree. You can be all book savvy, book heavy if you like, but if your perspective is skewed or small, Right. What's all that knowledge for? Yeah, it's it's for credentials. That's it. Period. It, it does nothing more than hang on your wall. Yeah, perspective. It's a piece of I paper. Think, yeah, I think perspective is what what empowers intellect. Right, the intellect that has no gas in it if you don't have perspective. So you can build this amazing race car, but if you take it to the track and don't put no gas in it, it's not going to run. I think that's what intellect is. It's an amazing yeah. race car with no gas in it. Yeah. And perspective yeah. is the fuel. Once you put the fuel in that intellect. You, you off to the races. Yeah, because base word being perceive is the way you perceive things. Absolutely. So, so if you perceive poetry as just being entertainment for an open mic, that's all you that's all you're going to do. I said, yeah. But if you if you get a wider perspective on things like seeing this episode and saying, Oh my God, I know where I'm going now. I know what I need. To, listen, I need to go to Square, Squarespace or Wix.com. And, and because what you said earlier about the, um, the, uh, what was the person, the um, promoter, mm -hmm. they don't want to do business with individuals. They want to do business with business with entities and in, 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 in companies. Right. Right. So you need to become or you need to know that you're more than just an individual. Right. 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 Because your art is your product. Absolutely. If you have a product, then you're supposed to be a company. Absolutely. They want to write a check to an LLC. Mm -hmm. So it looks good on their books that they're not right. writing it to, to a person. Right. 
All right, so was this person a contractor? What? No, he was an artist. Right. So, 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 and there, and and and, but not only that. If you're if you're an entity, if you're a, a brand brand, then then you possibly and should have a following, which right. will help the event and draw more people absolutely than just being an individual right and that following part is extremely important i was listening to to ti yeah. ti was talking about how the days of an aspiring artist handing an established artist a demo he said that day is dead mm -hmm. he said i'm not taking your demo he said first thing i'm gonna ask you is how many followers do you have? He said, mm -hmm. nowadays, with the days of social media, if you haven't established so many following, then it shows you ain't put the work into yourself. So I'm definitely not going to put no effort into you. That's so with, with a lot of agencies, entertainment agencies, if I'm a great actor and there's a substandard actor or a good actor, great and good, mm -hmm. the good actor has 100,000 followers. The great actor has 1,000 followers. That agency is going to pick up that good actor because they have to put less money into it. We don't need as many marketing dollars because if they put something on their page, they're already going to reach this many people. But we need a ton of marketing dollars for this person who only has 1,000. So now it comes to the point that your work ethic supersedes your level of talent. Because you can have all the talent in the world, but if you haven't developed a following, nobody wants to mess with you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's because it's deeper than the art. Right. That's why. That's why it's also deeper than just the content. The presentation. Absolutely. That's, that's why important. the lecturer is boring. Right. Not because he don't. Not because he doesn't have the information or the knowledge. The way he's presenting. Right. Now, there's an audience for that. There, there are people that love to listen to lecturers. Right. So, it's just like TED Talk. I think TED Talk. Right. I guarantee you TED Talk, there's, there's an audience for that. Yep. But their ratings aren't as high as these movies because the entertainment level is different. So if you can teach and entertain at the same time, you got them. But if you're only teaching and the teaching isn't captivating, then I probably didn't learn it because I fell asleep halfway through it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it has to be a, uh, a comprehensive effort. You have to work on all aspects of, of that. It has to be, the business has to be there. Um, everything about you should look like a business if you're calling yourself a business. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the way you present the information, the way you present the self, the way you handle a phone call, all those things, uh, it, it has, to, has to be in place. But once we do that, then we earn the audacity to ask for what we want. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder why, <laughs> uh, because wh why, why spoken word artists uh, who want to be in the industry don't have podcasts, but go live all the time and just talk. 
I wish they would. I wish they would because because pe- people sit there and watch. Mm. And and what starting a podcast does it creates a platform and it legitimizes what you're saying. Right. But also allows it to be a product. I can take these videos as examples of the information that I would I would present. Right. See what I'm saying? Or your, or your resume. Go to the government or the university. So yeah, most definitely. Uh OB West, I it's not a it's not a problem for me to contact him. I bring you I now I I'm the go between. Right. You see what I'm right. saying? I'm paying you the rate that you charge, but then me as the go between as the agency now. I'm an agency now. Right. You can upcharge the person who's hiring. <laughs> yeah. I think another benefit, well, I know another benefit you have with having a podcast is like you said, this could be part of your resume. I've never seen anyone add an IG live to their resume, right? That's what and I'm saying. When I remember IG shut my page down. I think I had like 3,000 followers at the time, and they shut my I page own down. This. IG right. owns that. Right. When IG shut my page down, my merchandise sales stopped. Everything about my business stopped. So now I'm only as effective as IG allows me to do. But when you create something like this to where you're autonomous, where you have the autonomy, now no matter what IG does, you still have an existence. But when all of your exposure is dependent solely on those platforms, then you're at the you're at the uh, at the mercy yeah. of that platform's existence. Well, what it also does, not just for me, this is now a part of the industry. This is right. helping build the industry. There's an actual poetry podcast that teaches poets how to do more with their poetry. Right. That's valuable. You see what I'm saying? What you just say? That's valuable. Yeah. That's valuable. And so, so just taking that live and posting it on your feed, just again, know your worth. Right. Know your worth. Know what you're saying on that live is valuable. Valuable. Yeah. And it goes back to work ethic. In order for me to go live, I cut on IG and I press the word live. In order for you to have a podcast, you had to invest in yourself. You had to buy equipment. You got a green screen that was behind you. You're trying to get yeah. it to work, but you had to buy that. Yep. You had to, you had to do whatever you had to do to spend money for this platform. So it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. That work ethic has to absolutely be there. But as long as there's platforms like IG that allow us to live without putting forth the work ethic, we'll keep thriving on that. So these promoters, let's go back to the promoters. Mm-hmm. They're operating like IG. Mm-hmm. They're making it easy for us to come get a check from them. Mm-hmm. Until they raise the standards, we won't raise ours. So it just goes, it, it, the foundation is work ethic. Yeah. I get inboxes all the time. <laughs> hey, I got, a, I got a book coming out. I got a this, that, and third coming out. You know, and, and, and I just have to tell them that's, this is not what that is. This is, this is not 
to promote what you got going on. Tell me what you got to teach. You, right. you know, can, can you can you teach folks something on how you on how you did it? And right. Right. And, th and that's why I reached out to you, because you teach on your IG. And what you said about audacity, I said, man, that right there, that what they say at church, that a preach. That a preach right there, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I said, look, we got to make that the podcast right there, man, to have the audacity to know your value. Oh, my gracious. That's halfway the title yeah. right there. We're going to figure that title out. Right. Um, <laughs> man, bro. Um, we... We got some conversations to have, man, because because it takes people like yourself, people like myself to 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 create it, to create the educational platform so they will know this episode is great, but it's not going to be enough. You know what I'm saying? Like it's YouTube University out there, man that YouTube teaches everything. You type in how to do something, it comes up. So it needs to be, it needs to be instances and channels where we type in how to do poetry for a living. That needs to pop up. You see what I'm saying? They got everything else. They got pages out there that tells you how to become a, a serial Airbnb host. What? They got pages that teach you how. Yeah, they got pages that teach you how every hustle that they have out there. They have everything. People, they have people that teach you how to advance in that hustle. That's how you know poetry is in its infancy. The poetry industry is in its. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find a you'll you'll find a video for um uh how to recite a poem. How to yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll find that you'll find that it's that's that's the like community. It's like we a huge nonprofit. That you said it. <laughs> you said it. A huge worldwide nonprofit. Right. Well, they where they donate fifty dollars to you. Right. Right. An involuntary nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's funny, but it's true, bro. Like, yeah. it's true, and and we've made we've made popular the the what is it called the broke artist or the broke poet? Yeah. And the we starving artist, like it's a badge of honor. The starving artist. Hey, you, starving you, you, artist. you meet a girl telling you a poet, she might not talk to you no more. Oh, she gone. You broke. Now she'll she'll ask you to write her a poem. That's it. Right. That's about it. <laughs> But she ain't gonna ask you for no financial advice because her first assumption gonna be you broke. Now, right, you gonna have to have a job and write me a poem, but that, that's, right. That's, that's right. That's about it. Absolutely, you do. Okay, all right. Yeah, on them government contracts, and them and and those and those those. Not lectures, but those those workshops at universities. She's like, oh, okay. So mm -hmm. your perspective is a little different than the average. That's good. Man, 
Obi, man, like I said, we got to talk, man. Um, as you're talking, I, my my ideas are just flowing, man. And so, um, and I know that's how you operate as well, man. So I would love to talk to you um, to spin off of what we talked about to where we can continue teaching, man, because that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take, bro. Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, and in order for an industry to be built, it has, it has to be widespread poets that know what, what you know and what you're, what you're teaching. It can't be five. Like if if like you said, if, if the promoter says, basically, do you have other poets like you? You should be able to. Oh man, I got a I got a whole Rolodex. They they all like me. That's they all man. like me. That's that's right, man. But can you? But can you? Well, you probably because you got a you got a nice circle of poets that are like you. It, um, it's and I'm kind of reluctant to use the term like me because yeah, I mean yeah, you, yeah. But, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Wise, standard wise, yeah, it's, it's it's not enough of us in order for yeah the the people who are paying us to have confidence that they can ask for more than what they're asking for. Yeah. They're afraid that if they ask for more than 15 minutes, they might scare us off and not have a feature. It mm. shouldn't be that way. They should be able to confidently call a poet and say, "Hey, I need 45 minutes." And not be concerned with the poet saying, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, you know, um, I, 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 we are an agency right now. And, and the hard truth is not just time wise, but, but, but topics and, diversity in art and in <clears throat> topics right that's that's another thing where you got the poets that just do black poetry just do love poetry just do where's that's another thing that brandon had that he was able to to display on tv the diversity in his poetry. That's how he, he, he was on his, he was on his, he was on his podcast when he was auditioning behind the scenes, not on the TV, on spot, spit a poem, gave him one. You got, a, you got another poem? He's like, yeah, I got another poem, but do you have another poem about something else? Nothing. I mean, it was nothing for him to spit out another right. poem that, that Diverse it's about another topic, another subject. You know what I'm saying? That's another. That's another thing. You can yeah. have a poet that ha that has an hour, but he's beating you, beating you in the head about black. I'll tell you where I think that comes from. If there's a person who is sincerely invested in a certain topic, more power to him. But I'll tell you where I think that's rooted from. I think that that comes from the slam community. Mm. I really enjoy slam because it's a it's a surplus of talent like no other. Oh yes. But yeah. what 
what slam poets tend to do is gravitate towards the popular topic. What's the topic that's going to get me the most cheers? Not what is the topic that's most important to me, but what's the topic that's going to get me the most applause because I need to satisfy these judges. So now as a result, whatever the hottest thing is on the news, do the best is what they gravitate to. So now you start hearing the same topics, same topics, same topics. And it's like, yeah, I want to talk about this, but I don't know if people are going to clap if I do that. So Mm. now as a result, their catalog is full of poems that have been written to entertain five judges. Not one poet. We've all lived. If we've if we passed the age of 10, we've lived. So we have numerous experiences in life. Poetry is a depiction of life. So if you're only talking about one thing, 90% of your life hadn't been tapped into yet. Because this is all you're talking about. You still got this much life you hadn't talked about. And a large reason for that is because people might not want to hear that. Poetry is for liberation first. Right. So it's for liberation first. And then I'm going to present it and it might be somebody in the room that feels that same way. But when you start off writing for satisfaction and you neglect the liberation part, now you you pour it in backwards. Mm. What I mean? So I I think that's where that stems from. It stems from me trying to write on the popular topic. So now all my poems are about the same thing. Yeah. All about life. Um, I wrote a poem about I went to Walmart and I, I hate the little the little lady that's inside the self checkout machine, put your item on the scale. It's on the scale. You know what I mean? I can't stand her. That's a part of my life every time I go to walk. So there's a poem about that because it's a part of my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have way too many life experiences to only be limited to one genre unless we choose to be that way. Right. But if we feel like we have to be that way to satisfy criteria, we should probably renegotiate that. Yeah. And it ties my hands because I know there's dope poets, but we pride our product on not having simply dope poets, but having relevant poems. Right. Right. So when they, when companies and organizations come to us and say, Hey, uh, we need a poem about um, domestic violence, right? I have to I have to go into my uh, database of poems, not database of poets. I have right. it categorized by poems, and I have to well, and that allows me to choose different people. Um. Um, they got to be dope. Obviously, they got to be dope. But if somebody just wanted a name, then they're most times they're going to be they're going to be tied to one subject matter most times because unfortunately, a lot of a lot of poets don't have a diverse portfolio. Right. That. Is this far few in between? Right. Right. You know what I mean? And 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 so they were like, ah man, I've had that one before. Do you have another one that has like uh not really? Um, yeah. you know, uh so um 
but yeah, man, yeah, it, that that's the other piece to that hour, that forty-five minutes. Yeah, you got an hour, but is it all? Is it is it is it monotone? Is yeah, it, I get it. Yeah, you that's know important. what I'm saying. So it's different aspects of that hour, that forty-five minutes. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, you know now, because you could argue, but what? What? Also, R and B. That's love. That's but. They know that's what they're coming for, though. Right. The audience yeah. knows that's what they're coming for. That's kind. Of, that's almost what R and B means. <laughs> Rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I think there's more of an expectation for poets to be um, more diverse than there is an expectation for an R and B singer. You're right. not expecting an R and B singer to sing about that. <laughs> right. But also, R and B singers aren't looked at as educators. Poets in some space are looked at as back when poetry first started, it was used for political reasons, it was used for education. So we're looked at as as that. The messengers, the narrators of movements. Right. R and B singers are not. So they they their expectation as isn't as high for them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man, like you said, that 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 says it too. That's the back end of saying it that we're so valuable. We're so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have to teach ourselves, but we also have to teach the people the the listeners right. that dude, we're valuable, bro. Like we can be in an office teaching you, you know, about technology with poetry. How right. you, how you express yourself or change your behavior, build your confidence, your self-esteem. Absolutely. Dude. Listen, folks, it's the Poet Life Podcast. We have Obi West here. It's so funny. Eight years, but you're like an old soul, like an OG, and like you've been doing it for 30 years. That's um, I. That's new to me. Do, do do most of your folks know that you're just eight years old? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the people, you know, the people who 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 raised me in this, they know. Um, but for the most part, nah, nobody know that. Wow, man. Yeah, you blew my mind on that one, bro. Like seriously, I'm I'm 38. You 39. Yeah. You know, I've been writing poetry since first grade. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, man. Um, where you, where I, you from? I'm from LA. Okay. Yeah, I'm from LA, so it wasn't it wasn't poetry for me. Let me let me rephrase that. Let me track that statement. I knew what poetry was, but it was yeah. more Shakespeare's type stuff. Right. Uh, as far yeah. as spoken word, my introduction to spoken word was at, at 31. My the, my book, the book I wrote, the first page is page 31, because that's when I started. So I don't have page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. My book starts on page 31 because that's when I started doing poetry. <laughs> Even your pages got a story. <laughs> oh my God. Hey man, you give me the freedom to do what I want to do, and that's just what I'm gonna do. What I want to do. And when you own it, when it's your that book is your platform, you can you do can what do you want. You can do that. You can start from page 100 and count down. So the last page is poem is on page one if you want to. Yeah. Ownership, bro. Absolutely. Ownership, man. Look, 
Everybody, it's the Poet Life Podcast. Go to thepoetlife.com. Oh, what's the name of your book? It's called Blossom. It's called Blossom. It's on my website. Um, Where can they, where's, your, what's your, what's your website? obwest.com. www.obwest.com. Everything obwest. Yeah, everything's obwest. <laughs> That's another thing. These random Instagram names that don't match the Twitter name, that don't match the Facebook name, don't match the mm -hmm. website. We got to learn that. Like, again, it's we important. knew. We knew. We brand new. Well, it, make corporations, it, gives, makes, it makes it difficult for corporations to find you. So when you go on Google, when you type in a person's name, their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all those things should pop up in a row. But when you have different handles, it doesn't work that way. And it makes it hard. So I, I made everything ob West. LinkedIn is ob West. IG is ob West. Um, Twitter is ob West. Everything is ob West. Yeah. Email is info at ob West. So everything is ob West. <laughs> so when a new follower says, what's your name? You say ob West and they look you up. They can find you everywhere. Yeah, every, they just, yeah, they Google ob West. It's going to show all those things. That's it. That's That's it. That's it. Yeah, we got we got some ways to go, man. We got some teaching to do. Um, we 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 we've run the gamut, you know, and um, we had the audacity to do so, man. And uh, yeah, most definitely, I appreciate you for coming on, and we're gonna continue this conversation, um, and we're gonna create these platforms because, you know, when we when we when we say it needs to be done. We can't wait for somebody else to do it. We got to do it ourselves, you know, especially when it's something at its infancy. You'll be waiting for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, thank you all for listening. Obi West, I appreciate you for coming through, man. If you had something else or anything to end off with, what would you say to the people? Um, I always say this. Every day, every day you live is one day less you have left. Right. So. Just maximize it. Maximize it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Um, maximize it. Every day you live is one day you have left. So maximize it. When I die, I'm going to say, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work, but I tried that. I tried that. But I'm not going to die saying I wish I would have tried that. So just try it all. Just do it. Something's going to stick for you. And you're valuable. <clears throat> Indeed. And stay consistent with it. That's what it is. It's the Poet Life Podcast. Y'all have a good night. Hey, thank you, Mike. Most definitely. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way.